Welcome to Explore the Word Podcast. Thank you for joining in today. And the last number of episodes, we have been dealing with uh, errors in Calvinism and Arminianism. We haven't got the Arminianism yet, but uh, we're looking at those and just kind of looking in Calvinism right now at the pillars of Calvinism, often known as the tulip. And uh, these theological belief systems are around us today. These are not ancient. Uh, these haven't been uh, you know, relics of the past. They are very prevalent in our world today in the Christian realm and churches. Last time we examined the second pillar of Calvinism, that being unconditional election. God does not predestine certain men to heaven and then damn others to hell. Salvation is for all men. All men have to make a choice. Accept Jesus Christ as Lord or Savior, or reject them. That's the choices. So we looked at total depravity already, unconditional election last time, and today we'll look at limited atonement, and then there's two more, irresistible grace and perseverance of the saints, and that's the deal with Calvinism. Then we'll look at a episode with Arminianism. Uh, and the those five points of Calvinism is referred to as the tulip by many. Uh, so we'll look at limited atonement. By limited atonement, Calvin meant that Christ died only for the elect, for those he planned and ordained to go to heaven. He did not die for those uh, he planned and ordained to go to hell. The following verses are used to prove uh, this teaching. Matthew chapter 26, verse 28. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is said for many for the remission of sin. John 17, 9, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which was given me, for they are mine. And in Isaiah 53, 12, Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death. He was numbered with the transgressors. He bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. This is reference to the word many. That's, that's the key point here for those who believe in this doctrine. In uh, the verses that we read, these don't support limited atonement. They, you know, one of them was the Lord at the Last Supper. If anything, it's rather unlimited atonement. It's not limited. It's unlimited. You have to remember that early in Matthew, Jesus had said, that the few find eternal life. Matthew seven fourteen, because the strays is the gate and narrows the way, which uh, leads unto life, and few there be that find it. Christ did not say his blood was poured out for a few, but for all. His sacrifice was for the entirety of mankind. You know, contrast that with verses like Isaiah 53, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone unto his own way. And the Lord have laid on him the iniquity of us all. Not few. Not many. Not some. All. There are many scriptures that contradict this position of limited atonement. First John 2, 2. And he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of of the whole world. The teachings of limited atonement oppose the express statements of the Lord Jesus Christ in uh, 1 Timothy 2.5. For there is one God, one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all 
to be testified in due time. Here are some scriptures that uh, declare with authority and clarity that Jesus is the Savior of the whole world. John 4, 42, And said unto the woman, Now we believe not because of thy saying. Uh, we have heard of him ourselves, and know that he's indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Not few, not many, not some, but the world. Hebrews 2, 9, uh, But... Uh, we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, uh, that by the grace of God he should taste death for every man. Not some, or few, or many, but for every man. Romans 8.32, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not have also freely given us all things? No one will look out of heaven or hell and say, I wanted to be saved, but Jesus did not die for me. The death of Jesus Christ on the cross was sufficient for all men. He paid the price. It, and the reality is God was satisfied with the sacrifice and it was to cover the whole world. 1 Timothy 4.10 For therefore we do both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. Now there's been numerous questions over the years concerning this. I'm going to give you a couple, actually three, that uh, I have heard. If Christ died for those who go to hell, what benefit have they from his death? Well, you know, we can ask the question, what good did the 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 bites the Israelites got from that brazen uh, serpent? So the serpents went through Israel right back in the Old Testament, and they had got bitten, and they were said to look to the brazen serpent, and if they refused to look, they would die. Now, what good? The idea is that God was generous enough to provide for them. God was generous to provide for all men. Christ died for all men, but. It's again, it goes back to the free will position that they have to make the choice. Hey, God did it. And obviously, it didn't do him any good because they didn't look. But God did it, but he was generous to give to all men. If Christ's death, the next one, satisfies, how can any go to hell? Well, God provided atonement for all, but it makes it quite clear in the scriptures that none benefit from it except they believe through faith. The deliverance from hell was not contingent on the atonement itself, but on the acceptance of it. The atonement provided for it, absolutely. Hell could never overcome the atonement, but for a person, they have to accept it. Hey, I could lay out for you a wonderful feast. Uh, for some reason today, I'm having a, a hankering for fish and chips uh, like I used to have when growing up in Newfoundland. And I could put before you a massive amount of fish and chips. But you could still starve in the presence of all that food. You know how you starve? Is if you refuse to partake of it. I mean, I could have it battered perfect. I could have the best fries, nice and crispy. I could have the best tartar sauce to go on that fish. But if you will not eat of it, you'll starve. The message of salvation is provided. 
if people refuse to take it, well, then the Bible tells us if you refuse Christ, you're, you're eternally separated from God the Father. Why would the Heavenly Father have his son die for those whom he knew would never receive his wonderful gift? Why did he send Noah to preach for so many years? Well, I mean, Noah preached for decades to a people he knew would not receive the message. God knew he wouldn't receive the message, but he did it anyway. Why did he send a prophet after prophet to Israel? When he knew that they would continue in their idolatry and apostasy. He did it to demonstrate his divine love, his compassion, his generosity. That's why he did it. Praise him for the amazing gift of salvation. And that, you know, the reality is it's gift. It's for everyone to partake. But you have to receive the gift. It's as simple as that. I hope this today has episode has been a help to you. Our God is amazing. Salvation is amazing, and it is for all men. Christ died on that cross to provide salvation. His blood was sufficient for every person. Hope it's been an encouragement. Keep exploring the word and looking to Jesus.